Welcome to the Control the Room podcast, a series devoted to the exploration of meeting culture and uncovering cures for the common meeting. Some meetings have tight control and others are loose. To control the room means achieving outcomes while striking a balance between imposing and removing structure, asserting and distributing power, leaning in and leaning out, all in the service of having a truly magical meeting. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join us live for a session sometime, you can join our weekly Control the Room Facilitation Lab. It's a free event to meet fellow facilitators and explore new techniques, so you can apply the things you learn in the podcast in real time with other facilitators. Sign up today at voltagecontrol.com facilitation lab. If you'd like to learn more about my new book, Magical Meetings, you can download the Magical Meetings Quick Start Guide, a free PDF reference with some of the most important pieces of advice from the book. Download a copy today at voltagecontrol.com slash magical dash meetings dash quick dash guide. Today, I'm with Laura McCanleys. She is currently Division Chief of Technology and Analytics at IDB Invest, a multilateral bank that supports sustainable investing in Latin America and the Caribbean, focused on five key areas, supporting subject matter experts, gender and inclusion, climate action, digital economy, and regional integration and strengthening value chains. Welcome to the show, Laura. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm actually really excited to be here. It's exciting to have you. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. So let's kick things off with a little bit about how you got your start. How did you become a chief technology officer for such an amazing firm? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm from Mexico originally, and I love technology. And so I started my career there and moved here to the U.S. And, you know, you cannot get exposed to the different uh, source of uh, technology that you can use to solve business problems. So why I was found by the headhunter of ITV Invest, and the thing that attracted me the most was the impact in the region and the things that we are doing to drive growth. It also our investment in the private sector that uh, tries to uh, support um, the United Nations uh, SDG goals. And so that's, for me, that's like kind of giving back to my country and to the region. So that's, for me, that's really inspiring. Yeah, it's so amazing to be a part of something that's so mission-driven. I think that really does have such a deep impact on most employees that are in companies that have a solid mission, and and, and it does a disservice to employees that, for companies that don't have that. Well, I can tell you, last year was a tough year, uh, when, especially when we went to work remotely. And, you know, you're busy. I mean, I'm in the technology side, so I really need to be supporting the, all the employees, and I did invest. But the thing is, uh, what it really keeps you going is what we're doing for for um, for the region. And when you hear all the stories that are happening, or how much we are supporting, that really that's the first thing you think, and it keeps you inspired. And that's that is really what is driving also the teams. So you wouldn't believe the level of engagement of our teams have grown really uh, constantly all last year. And, and I can tell you that because we have been doing some uh, surveying since since last year and, and several periods of the year, and it, we have seen that increase. And it's because, I mean, we are committed and, and we know what we're doing is, is, is positive for the countries we come from. Wow, yeah, you know, and especially in times like this, where there's a global pandemic, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots of just lockdown and division 
in general across a lot of different parameters in society. And you can imagine being part of a, an organization like this that's so mission-driven and benefiting those that are in a region that you feel connected to is powerful, especially in this time, right? In a time where we, it's so easy to feel disconnected. And it really gives you a meaning. Mm. It's just, I don't know how to describe. This is the first time when I have worked in, a, in a, an organization like this. I came from the private sector. But this is, this is a special. Yeah. Well, I remember doing a design sprint with you some years ago. And it was really noticeable how passionate everyone was about the cause and how committed they were to the work. And I want to come back to that a little bit later because we talked about some stuff that that I, that I know we'll dig into um, that kind of surfaced out of that. But I'll, I just wanted to echo that my experience was that I just saw people showing up in that way. And it was I remember thinking it was really special. Yeah, it is. That's why I love my team. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. One more thing about the past, and then we'll kind of get into like what's happening these days and what we're noticing. But I wanted to hear a little bit. You talked about like your love for tech. And I'm curious if you remember that first moment when you really just like noticed this fondness around technology. Okay, so I might probably be <laughs> disclosing my age, but uh, you know, when I when I was younger, and uh, this is around the '60s, and you you will see when the uh, the men arrive in the moon, and you will see all the computers there. Uh, that's something that I have not forgotten. And so I really wanted to be uh, an, an astronomist. And, and, and so I knew I wanted to be in research. I wanted to do something uh, in, in, in this area of science. But when I had to choose what I wanted to study, and I thought, well, computers is something that is it's just different. It kind of, you can, I mean, you can go to the moon. What are all the things that you can do for humanity? So I, I got into the path. Uh, I, I like technology, but it's not only that. What I like is the outcome. What can you do? What are the problems you can solve? And so for me, enabling technology and leveraging data to solve business problems, I just think that the connection it just makes it extremely fascinating because by heart, I would like to have my own company, right? So if I can see how mm. the whole things connect uh, together, then that makes the whole package. So that's, I, I just think it's, it's, it's fascinating how all the things connect together and how you can leverage technology and data to run your business or create products. Yeah, it can enable so much, right? Mm -hmm. Just the sheer efficiency that it can create and capability. So yeah, that's amazing that it was like, so it was like some of the original moonwalk yeah. footage and images oh, of like those folks, yes. behind the mission control yeah, yeah, things yeah. that got you excited about tech. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. Actually, um, I think it was two years ago, we had the, uh, here in DC, because I'm, I'm based in DC now, uh, we had the anniversary of the, the men landing on the moon. And I went to the uh, Washington uh, Memorial and you can have these displays uh, on the Washington Monument of the men going to the moon. It was pretty amazing. It just kind of gives you chills. I mean, those are the things that humanity yeah. and the mankind can do. Wow, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> no doubt, especially when we uh, put our minds to it. So this is an, actually a really fantastic segue into the first thing I wanted to talk about. So let's head there. So probably one of the most fascinating things from my perspective about the space race was how much quicker we moved compared to Europe. 
And all the countries across Europe were coordinating together to like get to the moon as well. So they were investigating and trying to do it. And then here in the U.S., we were also racing to get to the moon as well. The interesting thing was with Europe, they were actually moving much faster and had arguably better technology, but everything kept exploding on the launch pads because they, when they tried to integrate them. But here in the U.S., like pretty quickly, I think they were called NASA at the time. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So NASA was like realizing that, hey, if we're going to do this well, we need to create good communication protocols and good communication systems. So before they even started building the rockets, they're like working on like communication systems to get all the people that needed to communicate properly while communicating. But instead, Europe was like letting the problems just like kind of fester until they just had explosions in the launch pad. So which brings me to the, the first thing that we were going to talk about, which was like this notion of connection and how this time is credit connection and how maybe we owe a lot to those early days at NASA when they were studying these different ways to use technology to communicate. Yeah, and, and, and when you get to think about, right, you had the people that were uh, in the rocket, and so you were kind of in a distance, and then you had the people that were on the, on the ground, and they were kind of communicating and the coordination and the trust you had to build between each other. Uh, so it's kind of, I believe, and I feel it was kind of what has happened now. Um, I know a lot of people were working virtually, but not everybody. And so suddenly uh, the whole world had to go home and work from their houses. And and that kind of make a level field where we all had to be, we were in the same environment. And so for, for us, I can, let me just bring it back to uh, my environment, uh, my team. Uh, so we, I, I feel that we are more connected. Uh, we, we make an effort, of course, you have to put your head to be there, right? And, and trying to run things differently, more discipline, et cetera. But on the other hand, the payback is, is huge. I used to spend my time in meetings. Now it's not that I don't, I do, but I have time. I can control my time more to spend more of it with my team and I make an effort of it. So we meet every Friday and we do, we have a meeting every Friday, all of us, 40 people, um, to really either talk how we're doing or talking about projects, strategies, roadmaps, uh, uh, sharing what they are doing, uh, find inspiration because sometimes I don't know what they, in between which groups is doing what, the, the products we are creating, cooking classes. Uh, we have virtuals, uh, trivias. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of stuff. We have Halloween parties. And so you want to think about it. We just know each other more now than we did before. And I was telling them today, because today we had our uh, Thanksgiving gathering, uh, that I found this probably was a little selfish of me, but I, I found um, more meaning. And my interest of keeping these meetings on Fridays is because uh, it really kind of gives me joy to see them and connect. and find inspiration and they have so many ideas. The group is just so um, uh, supportive to each other. They, then when you kind of, you kind of, I get, get recharged and then chook, and then I go to fight <laughs> the battles. And so is uh, uh, collaboration is, uh, has increased a lot and um, it, in the connection is, is pretty impressive. Believe it or not, it's very impressive that we have kept it 
Wow. And so how long are these meetings typically on Fridays? You said it's like 40 people. How long like 30 are, are, they, minutes? are these folks meeting? 30 minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. 30, 30, 30 minutes. minutes. It's yeah. not that much, but it's like um, I'm a movement run videos. Uh, it's, we have it well scripted and we take turns and we have a program. And oh, by the way, I bring outside speakers. So I started doing so, kind of podcast, but not really. I still am in touch with my friends in Austin, so I invite them to come and talk to us about different topics. And it's good because then we get more connected to what other companies are doing in different areas like product management or blockchain. Uh, But also I'm inviting my peers out of other divisions and departments to come and talk to us about what they do. And when you think about it, like, for example, last week, we invited a lady who came and talked to us about their agriculture and how that impacts climate change. And so we're learning things that we just know that we didn't know otherwise, but we build the systems and solutions to help them measure that on the investments we're doing. So it's pretty exciting. People like that. Yeah, I can imagine it'd be really interesting for your team to hear from your peers and the other departments because... They had to serve those departments yeah. and yeah. they can have a lens into like the needs and the and the and the kind of the mindsets of the folks that are kind of they're working with. Yeah, that's true. And for example, we you know, we have a the impact development. That's a group that is measure uh the projects if, if they are going to back positively in the economy, etc. There are a lot of factors that they measure and so and they have a lot of statistics and models and we we develop the systems that uh, they are using. But then they come and explain us how it works, how we ev- they evaluate the projects, uh, how they really keep track and supervise them that everything is going well. And so we don't technology, but then we, we learn other things that we will not know otherwise. So that's, again, that gives you meaning. You understand what you're doing. And then when we get to see it in the field and in, in the marketplace, because we publish the results uh, as an organization of the work we're doing, then you understand more. Mm. Yeah, that's smart. I'm curious. You're experimenting every week. I, I actually a really big fan of these types of meetings where, and I, I've seen people do it with large teams, like you've got 40 people. I've seen executives do it with their executive team, where it's like let's just carve out the time. We're not yeah. sure quite what we're going to do every week, but something's gonna we're going to need the time every week. Yeah, and so let's just honor it. And and I love that it, that you're changing it each week and keeping it fresh. So I'm curious. When you think back, since you've started doing these Fridays, is there anything in particular that you think the team found the most interesting or the most helpful? I I ask, actually, because, you know, I don't want to be imposing too much because I am really having so much fun because I, I like the, the improvisation and creativity. And they told me the thing that they like a lot is when I we bring people from other groups. And mm. the reason is because we understand the meaning of why we are doing certain things, you know, um, especially my peers. He, they come and talk to, uh, about their expertise, why they love what they're doing and uh, and how it works in the organization, how it impacts the organization, right? Then we make the connection. So it gives meaning to our work. And they found that very insightful. Now, it depends who we bring. But then when we bring people from outside, depending, I mean, you do that because you you, you bring uh, people to come and talk to your group uh, here in your podcast, is that if the person from outside is exciting, then it gets them up really fast, right? And thinking differently. But then uh, it's, it's hard to find the, the right mix. 
So far, so good. I've been mostly uh, bringing people from uh, other departments and divisions has helped my team. They, they like it, is what I hear. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, also thinking back to that design sprint that I mentioned earlier, where I came in and ran the design sprint some years back, and the focus was on the branding of, yeah. of your group. And, yes. and the perception that everyone yeah. else had of the group and what it did and the services you could offer. And I mean, when I hear that you're inviting folks from other groups to share their needs, I would hope there's a little bit of dialogue too. What a great way to kind of keep that message of the brand and what you're doing alive. And, and it kind of feeds that hunger for your team to be acknowledged and relevant yeah. and do good work. Yeah. And you know what, what is interesting is because I, all these people that I'm, I was bringing to talk to my team, I will keep it private because I don't want to be invasive either uh, of mm -hmm. other times. But then I started posting, sharing with the organization which ones I was bringing from outside. And I, and I said, hey, you are interested to come and join us. We are having a guest speaker to come and talk to us about this. And we call it also Aki's Fireside Chats that I host. Uh, and some people have really uh, showed some interest. So we are influencing. So that's a good thing. So people are coming because they want to hear what we're talking about. Uh, the interesting things that we are doing. And for me, the most important thing, especially after we did that branding exercise, is that we wanted our team to be recognized uh, differently uh, and that we are forward thinkers and innovators and solution providers, right? So uh, I think we are not there yet, but I think we have changed a lot of the dynamic in the last, believe it or not, the last one and a half year has helped us to become closer even to our clients, internal clients. So let's just take a moment to acknowledge the pandemic and, you know, the fact that it's been quite a strain on all our psyches and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same time, it's been a, a forcing function for change so that we create subtle and even sometimes big shifts in the way we work and gather and meet. And, you know, you were telling me earlier about the team weeklies. And I think in the pre-show chat, you were mentioning the president's been bringing together people weekly, which he wasn't doing previously. So. Yeah. Love to hear yeah, more about yeah. these shifts that are happening in the organization that resulted from this unexpected change in the way we were having to work from home and whatnot. So, um, but, you know, it's, it's really fascinating because the organization is very uh, people-driven. So employees are really important. And so well, one thing that it was at the top of the mind of everybody, especially senior management, is that we wanted the teams to feel we were there for them, especially because... We were extremely busy trying to be there for, for the region, providing kind of either loans or the different instruments that we provide. And so we were busy, but then on the other hand, we needed to be, we need to be there in, in a, in a good place. So, um, we started monitoring a lot of uh, things, um, about kind of times that people work. Uh, and then we they started putting rules, for example, from one to two really is lunchtime. <laughs> So no meanings, please. And that has helped a lot. Uh, other thing that it was important to me was that please let's not send emails during the weekends or don't expect for them to have to respond to you. I mean, you're, uh, the people that work in your teams. Why? Because it's stressful. Otherwise, I mean, you are working 24-7 and that's not healthy because we were seeing the statistics. And that is, it kind of worries you. At the beginning, I was providing this report to senior management. Uh, not it's like volumes of, of when people get in, get out. And it was kind of pretty big uh, spaces of time. So 
with that, um, these new shifts are starting happening, right? Uh, or being more respectful of others, especially during off hours. That's one. Um, one thing that I, I think I was telling you about is when we, we went uh, to work remotely, I wanted to be sure that people that did not, didn't use the technologies we were using to work uh, remotely for uh, conferencing, they knew how to use them. So we started doing uh, webinars about how to use Teams. That's the tool we use internally. And then we started providing a lot of, uh, of those webinars, we call it, because it's not training, it's something informal. And we have produced several of those. Um, we, we are doing even three or four a, a, a month and different topics about data, how to use, how to run agile, how to be a product manager, uh, the importance of change management projects, et cetera. And so that has helped several of our employees to understand how things work, especially teams. Uh, we have done one uh, recently, we started doing some for people that are working hybrid, right? Some people are in the office, some people are in, um, uh, online, and how can we make them feel that you are part of uh, one, uh, you're still connected. And so we have enabled some technologies. That's fun because we test them first and we do uh, my team. That is a technical team, the PC techs now, they are doing, like I was telling you, live productions uh, of videos, like the ones that uh, are present in uh, these sessions that he does. Uh, now they are not that often every week, but every other week. And so we bought video equipment, lighting, and now we are producing that. So these are services we're not providing. We were now doing webinars that we were not doing. And we are discovering things that we were not doing, with the same people, and but then yet we are enjoying it because that's something that we like to do. We wanna keep our clients happy. We wanna be sure we are integral part of the organization and that we are enabling through technology to and continue doing business right in the best manner they can. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And you know, it's been quite a while since I had spoken with you or, or seen what the team was up to, and you know, it makes sense that they've had to provide support around, you know, making sure that the video switching is clean and looks yeah. professional when it's a high stakes meeting or, you know, run the breakout rooms inside of teams if that's needed, just making sure all the technical pieces are taken care of so that the meeting runs flawlessly, especially if it's a, you know, like it's a high stakes and important session. And I was super thrilled to hear that because you and the team were so focused on how to change the perception across the organization of what the group was about. And it wasn't so focused around, oh, just call us when something's broken. It's like, no, we're here to support yeah. you and we're here to help the organization be more tech forward. Yeah. Yeah. In between that and data, but, you know, getting the analytics of usage of things, uh, of teams and accesses, VPNs, et cetera. So you start seeing patterning. Then we also started uh, getting more into recollecting data. Uh, we are having projects of related to climate mm. uh, change. And that's something that is, uh, we are just kind of depending on that. It's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Um, I don't know. I think to me, these are the things that the potential is things that keep me uh, inspired and going forward is the potential of things. It's not what, we have done today is the things that we can do mm. and especially the more you understand and discovering there is so much stuff going on that i'm 
I'm just fascinated. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I always knew we had in common, this like thirst for curiosity around where mm-hmm. things could go and what's possible, right? Versus like just optimizing what's there. And I guess I'm curious, you know, as you think about the coming months and years, you mentioned climate change and the work you're starting to do there. What are the things you're most excited about or where do you see some of the work that you're doing? How do you see that evolving? What are are the opportunities that are kind of untapped that you're super excited about? Well, there are two major things that I'm very excited. Last year and, and this year, we started really using more emerging technologies between robots and AI, kind of in a simple manner and and machine learning. But then uh, now we are really getting into uh, blockchain. So that's exciting. I mean, you you get to think as we are in the uh, financial services sector of multilateral, uh, nevertheless. And so we are getting into that. We are working in a a blockchain uh, bond. And, and that just seeing the possibilities on that side, not only just on um, utilizing it for uh, those purposes, but I do know that in uh, related to climate is going to be important. We have several projects for next year that are uh, going in that direction and some that are, we are doing this year. And we are automating a lot of our um, internal uh, processes, but more importantly, our, our digital client interaction that's something that is coming so we are working on that in all the analytical space making bringing all the data to make sense of things right how what we're doing with the specific clients you know start doing benchmarking with other ones this is something that we're not doing as something that i think uh, is, is a huge potential we have an impact development tool internally that we have developed when and we are trying to uh, figure it out how we can productize that. So it's, it's exciting. There are a lot of possibilities in, in this area, especially because not only that's what we do for a living, uh, anything related to uh, ESGs and impact development, but I mean, that is so relevant right now in today's uh, days, uh, things that are related to either climate, uh, gender equality, um, I cannot kind of uh, clean water, et cetera. So those are things that we are involved. And I'm excited to see all the things that are kind of that we are involved from as an enabler, Mm -hmm. right? From a data or from a technology stack. So I see a lot of possibilities and and I'm excited. And I think next year is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. And so two things that jumped out for me were, one was, how have you leveraged the robots so far? You mentioned robotics was a thing. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. How are you using robots for the work you do? So what we did is we have a product. Uh, and, you know, I'm just to disclose, I'm not an expert on, on, on the products. We sell to our clients. Uh, but we um, we have a, one of the financial products that we have is, is supply chain finance. And that means we use some intermediaries to provide, uh, to buy either accounts receivables or accounts payable. And so we receive a lot of transactions from this intermediary and then we end up uh, funding. And everything, it was kind of a spreadsheets, Excel, and, and especially during last year, this is something, a, a business that grew a lot. Well, we just couldn't keep up. So we had to automate it, right? So we created some prototypes and we put something together where we started using robots to connect different systems and talking with different uh, and different processes. So that was the first one. And we really increased... Uh, we were able to scale up 
uh, during that time and we even now. So we are now on the second phase. We are really doing uh, moving into open banking. So that's that's another thing that is interesting. That it was a result of uh, that prototype we did using uh, robots. And the thing is, it really mimics accessing to systems, retrieving uh, Excel documents, moving things around, interacting with systems, doing validations to different banks to bring exchange rates because we, in that case, we were working in a local currency. I mean, we just did that. And interesting enough, we just did a video, internal video, where we were saying, well, this this is what we automated. And then our end client, the end recipient, talk about the benefits of of the work we did. I mean, he didn't know he was a robot in the front end. I mean, he didn't. We know, uh, but but he he was a recipient of these automations and how much liquidity he gave into his business, especially last year. Time was so tough, and oh, it just warms, warms your heart. It was it was so meaningful because then you see the results of the stuff you're doing. That was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. I bet those types of stories really help the team connect in with that purpose that we can start yeah, off with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, really cool. So it sounds like from a tooling standpoint, you really benefited from having already had experience with teams and just leaning into that mm-hmm. during these shifts and then even using murals as well. Just curious to hear how the technology around collaboration has been helping support you on this journey. A lot, a lot. So obviously, between some people use Zoom for us, we use Teams and we use that a lot. Between that, we use several tools to do either collaboration and the way of design, designing. Uh, there is whiteboarding and, and tools that, that we use. So we started uh, playing with that or doing designs. People can do them either in, ex- in uh, Word or we share information. I'm extremely visual. So I always start with designs, uh, doing some designs with, uh, in this case, I do them with PowerPoint. Uh, and then when we are uh, in a bigger setting, we really start doing them with Mural. We start experimenting with that. That was pretty fun. And so you kind of start experimenting and using whatever you have at hand. But having your teams enable and be able to chat and, and share information, do polls and surveys, I think that's pretty helpful. We rely a lot on that. I mean, we're doing major transformations in the projects we are working on and all of it remotely. Mm. And that's, that's pretty amazing. It's a real testament, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and yeah, so I, I mean, it's, it, it takes a lot, but the end, yeah, you can do it because you, you start, you use the uh, tools that you have at hand, right? And then you feel more comfortable to be sharing screens and uh, kind of moving around using your um, chatting in order to kind of communicate and doing polling. We use also, there is another tool that we use as Lido. As another way to be asking questions and you start re- retrieving information uh, online of what are the things that are important or not important. Technology, man. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I love that you're using Slido. <laughs> you know, it's like big fan of any way we can create more participation and get more people involved and give everybody a voice. Yeah. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, talking about that, not everybody participates in meetings. So sometimes uh, I really need to call out people, especially the ones I know that are kind of shy. What's your favorite way to do that? Well, I would just call them and say, hey, so what do you think? Yeah, but it takes a lot of <laughs> care and attention to notice that they haven't contributed. So any tips for other leaders who 
might not be noticing that to make it easier for them to even tell that, you know, hey, that these people aren't contributing as much? Well, the thing is you get to know your people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so I, I'm, I get to know the team, some more than others, and I know who is passionate in general about what. Uh, because everybody's allowed to have one-to-ones with me, the 40. If they take advantage of that, that's great. If they don't, that's up to them. But we do that. And so they tell me the things, hey, you know, I would like to be working more on this or that. So when I know that somebody has an opinion about something because we talk either in private or I heard it in another session that was smaller, you know, people don't like to talk in front of a lot of people. And so I I do pinpointed questions when I might think that somebody might might have an opinion about that. Or um, there are some people that are more shy and you always have somebody who kind of dominates the meaning. But then that's why I, sometimes I ask for uh, having the video on because you can you can read it on their faces. And for me, um, you have to check it up a notch, right? So I, I need to have people contributing. The more you get challenged, and I'm, I'm happy to be challenged, I love that because then you have a really good discussions. <laughs> yeah, I love that. If everyone's saying the same thing, it's harder to have a healthy debate, yeah. right? No, because all oh, people that are just repeating what you say, like, no, that's, I don't like it. Um, it's kind of boring. I like um, debates. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just throw something just to kind yeah. of break it right, up a right. What are we not thinking about? Like, who, 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 yeah, doesn't, yeah. who doesn't agree with this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, and, and if you think I'm crazy, just tell me. That's all yeah. right. And so we start talking about it. And, and so it's, uh, you have other people that think differently. And, and we go back and forth, but we have learned. And for me, the most important thing is to keep the good mojo we have in my mm. team. So having said that, I really take care of it. So uh, I'm mindful uh, that people contribute and if they feel uncomfortable because when we have our one-to-ones, I tell them, hey, you know, how about you do a presentation, you tell them what you're doing. Oh, I don't want to do that. Say, how about you try because, you know, people might not know what you're doing and how you can help them. So I volunteer a lot of people to speak in our meetings. So I get, that's their homework. No, you need to come and talk. Uh, and I know it's kind of a pain sometimes, but it's helpful because then they get to know each other and they get to present the things that are passionate about. Even if you just do a cooking class. Come on. That's, yeah. That know, I think that's brilliant. You know, I think as a leader, it shows a great strength to be willing to put people just outside of their comfort zone. So they have to stretch and, and learn and the team comes stronger for it. Yep. So... And so that's what we do. <laughs> you know, it, it reminds me of something I noticed. It was after the design sprint we did, and I was um, kind of chatting with you about what did you think, any feedback, and what did you notice, or what was unexpected. And you, one of the things, I'll never forget this. You said, I learned so much about my team. There were skills they had that I didn't even know. And I thought that was so awesome because you clearly had an appreciation for what the team could offer and were amazed that there were things that you hadn't even tuned into yet and were excited about the potential of where that could go, 
with that newfound knowledge and what you, and how you could set them up for success. And then even hearing about these transitions through the pandemic and them now taking on these production things and these new skills they have, uh, it just like really just rings true to your leadership style about being curious and supportive about how to set them up for success and help them be the best they can be. Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of our job. I just really do it with a lot of pleasure because I'm so proud when I see things. It's, it's kind of like when you get surprised and you see people doing things that you didn't even think about, that that what it makes the collaboration good. I really feel, and, and they can tell you if you ever ask, uh, we all play different roles, right? Mine is to be able to say, kind of set a vision and be able to move the rocks. But on the other hand, they everybody has a little piece. And I, I, I really honestly just feel part of the group. I'm not kind of any different. I have a very open doors policy. And I honestly like to be challenged. And sometimes my team comes, I have, they give me my one-to-ones and say, hey, you know, you sure not do that. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, well, that's a challenge of having <laughs> because, you don't know, because you don't yeah, know. <laughs> if you if you're curious and vulnerable and want to be there, that's part of why it's scary. You know why so many people don't do it, yeah. and you have to be really brave because it means that you're going to hear some stuff you don't want to hear. You know, all the time I get a heavy dose of reality and <laughs> just have to learn from yeah. it. Yeah, well, sometimes, but, but you know, the thing is, you you are there for the long run. You have to you have to listen a little bit because when you are new, I mommy, mean, I was there. I joined three years ago. And I didn't know a lot of things about the culture and, and the culture is different and you have to adapt. I'm pretty Americanizing certain things now. Uh, and so I need to figure it out how to kind of navigate and you have to listen. The people have been there for a, for a while and, and I have my good advisors. It's kind of, I have one that is my guardian angel. He says, no, Laura, don't do that. <laughs> Just <laughs> chill. Uh, or don't push too hard. And uh, I just think about these people and, and so, I, I'm just thinking they are really taking care of me, so they are helping me figure it out, this, my surroundings. I love that. I think any good leader is listening intently to the team because they're the eyes and ears, and, you know, it's like uh, you got to pay yeah. the boots on the ground matter, you know, and, and pushing a lot of the intelligence to the edge. Yeah, and so it, it and that goes both ways, right? So I kind of tell them, hey, just be careful with this or be careful with that, this, with this. And so... or. Uh, just I suggest you to do it this way or this other way. And then they tell me the same thing. And of course, not everybody feels comfortable saying that to me, but I, I try to. And um, and I gave them really kind of special mark when they say something uh, challenging to me because then I kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> it brings you back. So you need to be humble. Yeah, you know, I, I love it when... I tell someone exactly how to do it and they say, well, shouldn't we do it this way? And I'm like, yep, we should totally do it that way. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. You know, I think we're kind of coming up on time here and I want to make sure that you have a moment to leave our listeners with the final thought. So, you know, you talked about a lot, you know, these shifts that you're all having to make these newfound skills and services, like these moments where the team's getting to hear from, other departments and how much they appreciate that. And then we're kind of ending here with some of these just leadership stuff around knowing the team and giving the team space to have a voice and be seen and heard. And I don't know, I'm just kind of curious, like what's on your mind and how do you want to leave our listeners? I just see a lot of opportunities. And sometimes we, I feel that we need to give people opportunity to experiment and, and different things because 
they might surprise you. And not only that, I think you can bring your the services that you provide or whatever product you are providing in a different manner that can um, impact more. Or either you if you are creating products or you are uh, supporting certain groups or generating more revenue. I think creativity is the source of a lot of positive things. Uh, but for that, you really need to nurture it. And uh, and I'm just curious and looking forward for the new things we will do next year, especially anything related to climate, blockchain, and AI and robotics. How can we use this tree to enable our organization to impact more the region? I'm excited about that. Excellent. Well, it's been great chatting with you, Laura. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Well, thank you for inviting me. This has been actually really fun. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Control the Room. Don't forget to subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are released. And if you want more, head over to our blog, where I post weekly articles and resources about working better together. VoltageControl.com.